Welcome to another sermon podcast from All Souls Anglican Church, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Thanks for joining us as we study God's Word together. These weekly sermons are part of the teaching ministry of our church. Have your Bible ready as we begin this week's sermon. And stay tuned when we finish at the end to find out more about us. Well, a Merry Christmas to you. In churches all over the world, on this morning and uh, last night, every pastor or preacher who has stood in a pulpit or at a lectern like this has made a, a passionate personal plea that those who have gathered to hear would consider Jesus Christ. And to do so, they search the scriptures to explain why. Why should the members of the congregation who only come at Christmas consider Jesus? The answer is simple. He is the only person to have a bodily resurrection from the dead within history. All the rest are myths, but he stands alongside those who are chronicled in the ancient world. Therefore, what he says is significant indeed. So a pastor will encourage to implore a congregation to search the scriptures. In the Old Testament, because Christ is foreshadowed. In the Gospels, because Christ is revealed. In the letters, his the epistles, Christ is explained. And in the revelation of St. John, Christ returns. So our text this morning is from the epistles, from Hebrews chapter 1. It's Christ explained. You'll find it on page 1001 in your pew Bible. I'm going to go a little close here in my reading, so you may want to follow along. It sets out our Savior's superiority. It's the prologue, really, to the sermon, much as the prologue to John's Gospel will say similar things. It sets out in three ways. In the first two verses, it asserts that our Savior Jesus is the final, the ultimate prophet. The second half of verse 3, there are three affirmations to show how this self-same Jesus is the perfect mediator between God and man because he is the fullness of God himself. And the second half of verse 3 and verse 4 sets out the third. Because Jesus is the ultimate prophet, and he is the fullness of God himself, he is also the perfect high priest and king for those who trust in him. His work continues and brings comfort and continual reconciliation when a believer stumbles or may sin. So let's consider that this Christmas day. 
First, that he is the final prophet. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Now this first assertion is both about time and God the Father's authority over all time. We see here that God is the subject of all the verbs. Do you see that? God spoke, God has spoken, God appointed, God created. Why does the author to the Hebrews do this? Because God is the author, the source of all things. And there is an absolute perfection here, an integrity, a perfect continuity between what was, what is, and what is to come. Therefore, there is a continuity between what is said in the Old and in the New Testaments because he is the author of both. Now we find a contrast, the difference between the two, the fulfillment now, many times in many ways. But, you see the but? Contrast. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. This is not a breaking with the great Jewish past, but rather the Lord Jesus comes to fulfill that past. God spoke fully, decisively, finally, perfectly in the Lord Jesus Christ, even in these last days, the age, therefore, of Christ, the Messiah. In other words, the times in which you and I live. Therefore, all people of the earth must listen to him. Indeed, all believing Christians must listen to him. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest prophet of all time. He completes the Father's revelation, his education. And the reason in verse 2, because he is the appointed messianic heir of all things. The focus is on the fact that he is the heir. This is an allusion to Psalm 2. It's the psalm of the Lord's anointed, who is acclaimed as God's son. Verse 8 of Psalm 2. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. Next, a question is answered. Why is the heir of all things? What's all about that? Because he had created the world, through whom also he created the world. He's the heir because creation is his unique possession. We can see, can't we, how the case is being built. There's no wiggle room here. Consider Jesus is the prophet's plea. Consider Jesus is the pastor's plea, as he wrote to the Hebrews. Now, we know what the Old Testament says, so we have revealed for us the one and same Jesus that follows in the first part of verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint 
of his nature. Now, this is significant, you see, because so many heresies of the church have not understood what radiance means here. In other words, he is the radiance of God's glory, but not the reflection. He cannot be just a mere man, a wise teacher, some bromide for the present age. He is the radiance of glory, not the reflection. And he is the glorious light of God that shines in the hearts of believers. How? Because of who he is, he sends the Spirit. It's the power of the Spirit that shines in our hearts. The Spirit of Christ. Well, what then does the exact imprint of his nature mean? In other words, the Son is the exact representation, the embodiment of God as he really is in essence. This idea of the exact imprint that we have in our English translation is quite good. It has this idea of the die and stamp, you know, on documents where you have the wax and the stamp is impressed upon the soft wax and lifted and the dye of the stamp and the wax fit together perfectly. Now look at the third statement in verse 3. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Notice present tense. Upholds. It's going on right now. He's personally, in other words. Personally. There are no impersonal forces in the universe Rather, they are personal. He is in control, continually involved in sustaining creation at its very basic level. The creative word of the Father that brought the universe into being in Genesis 1 is matched by the sustaining word of the Son. Do you see how Hebrews 1 and John 1 correspond together so perfectly? Now, look at verse 3 with verses 1 and 2. The subject has shifted, hasn't it? We've shifted from God, the Father, in verses 1 to 2. He has done these things. To the Son in verse 3. He's the new subject, without qualification. Notice also the tenses of the verbs have shifted from the past to the present. He is, you see. He upholds. In other words, his ongoing work is manifest today in our world and in our lives. The one and same Jesus is the perfect and eternal mediator because he both created and sustains creation. And more importantly for you and I, as we sit in rebellion without Christ, is to realize how he also recreates. He sustains a new creation in every believer who has ever walked this earth. And so the third theme in those final verses unpacks this assertion in a twofold emphasis. It it brings us to the cross and to the ongoing work of the application of the perfect work of Christ at that cross. 
at the right hand of God. You see, the perfect high priest, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Notice again, another tense shift. Do you see it? Making purification, sat, having become, has inherited. Now what's going on here? Why are these shifts going on? Well, making purification and sat are Good Friday. The finished work of Christ. His saving death. No repetition, in other words, of his saving act will ever be necessary. All your sin is covered in that one event. Nor can we do anything to add to our salvation. In other words, to buy it for ourselves. The Lord Jesus Christ is God's unrepeatable sacrifice for the greatest problem of humanity. It is our sin. He gave himself up on the cross. He shed his blood once for all in a single point of time. And when this work of salvation was brought to its triumphant conclusion in his resurrection... Our Lord Jesus Christ sat down at the majesty on high. It is done. He sits. His sacrifice is effective for eternity. His priestly sacrifice is complete. Now notice the second clause to verse 4 here. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now, this other tense shift. What's going on here? The simple past, he sat, is replaced by the perfect, having become, has inherited. Now, what's going on here? Well, it's the same as the English. It describes an action in the past that has a continuing consequence in the present. Not only is the Lord Jesus Christ the perfect sacrifice and priest, but he has now become our perfect high priest who has purified and is purifying us. Has become, having become, has inherited in union with him by the power of the Spirit and the indwelling of that Spirit, the ruler of all things, creator and sustainer of all things. Therefore, it is a no-brainer, surely, to follow him. There's such a comfort here for everyone who might come on a Christmas day or eve to know that all human effort fails. All relationships end. Death has the last word and still we try and try and try. And so you can imagine then why it is such a passionate and personal entreaty. We have a Savior born on this day, died on another 
but is raised and continues his work for you right now. There's such a comfort, isn't there, for every believer, but there's a challenge too, don't, isn't there? The question is, how often do we bow? They say a Christian bows twice on Sunday to Christ as their Savior. And then Monday through Saturday, acknowledging his continuing work because he is the Lord, the sustainer of his or her very life. We can understand who Jesus is, a teacher, a prophet. We might understand his mission. But do we truly understand his continuing work? That he is Lord of all. For if he is not Lord of all, then he cannot be Lord of your life at all. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us by going to our website, allsoulsnj.org. There, you can support our mission by making a one-time donation or starting a podcast member subscription by clicking the Support the Show link under the Contact Us tab. You can also support us in prayer by clicking the email newsletter tab at the top. All Souls Anglican Church. Simple church, ancient truth, real people, new life.